Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Daniel 11.32, the Bible says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Too many people asleep in the church. Too many procrastinators. Too many waiters sitting on a bus station waiting for God to show up. And every year that you are procrastinating, you are stopping God from bringing glory to your life. So I want to talk to those who are ready, chomping at the bit to do something great for God in this hour. In a world filled with challenges, the more the challenges, the more the opportunities. For those, listen, who live wide awake, not those who wait for the rapture bus, not those who wait for God to move. I'm amazed at how many pastors and how many people are sitting waiting for God to show up. Hey, God showed up 2,000 years ago. It's time for you to show up. God did what He's going to do 2,000 years ago. It's now time for you to get out of your boat, to wake up, Sleepy Joe, and to get going with God's assignment for your life. Say amen in Jesus' name, okay? Ek praat nou daar van Joe van Kreersdorp. Geen ander Joe nie. Jay, Joe, Joe Dani Kaap. Ek praat van jou. Praat van Joe vanaf. To our American viewers, Joe is a, is a word they're using in the Cape. Wake up, Joe. Joe slap in the means. So it's time, listen. It's time to be sharp, alive, alert, awake. To stop playing the victim game. South Africa, to stop blaming yesterday, South Africa, to stop camping in pre-94 South Africa. It's time for a new generation to arise in South Africa. It's time for the giant slayers to stand up. Come on, the history makers. Because giants are there to be defeated. We are not there to be intimidated by giants. So we need to be sharp and smart in order to seize the many opportunities that are presenting themselves in the midst of all the problems that are missed by those people asleep on the job. Eskom, service delivery, name it. It's time for people to occupy those spaces and God's going to raise people up. And listen, age is a number. You can be 23 years old and God's going to raise you up if you are ready. You can be 30 years old and God's going to raise you up. You can be 80 years old. You're not finished. You're not ready to retire. You are ready to refire. But you've got to get some unction in your gumption. You've got to get life on the inside of you. You've got to get up, show up, dress up, rise up, and you better get busy with what God has called you to do. Too many sleeping in the church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, awake and Christ will give you light. Stand up, show up, arise, shine for your light has come, not your light will come. So I listen to an interesting program. When I travel, I always listen to talk shows to see where our country is at. And I was listening to the disease, a whole program on, the, on, on quiet quitting, silent quitting. A phenomena in our world, a phenomena in our world place magnified after COVID. The term quiet quitting refers to employees who put no more effort 
into their jobs than is necessary. They just take over. Too many people are taking over in the church as well. Just working to earn a paycheck. Not desiring and stepping up to the Scripture I quoted, Daniel 11.32, the people who know their God shall be strong. And when you are strong, you do something. You don't sit and soak. You carry out great exploits. Quiet quitting refers to doing the minimum. Listen, that's where many people are at. You walk into a bank. The person behind the service counter serves you as if they're doing you a favor. You walk into a municipality department. They serve you like they're doing you a favor. You walk into a police station. They serve you like they're doing you a favor. You know, I was going to buy my mom a car many years ago because I believe we should bless our parents, right? And actually, I made up my mind already what car I was going to buy and walked into a showroom and me being Mr. Patient expects service. And I stood on that showroom floor and I watched all the, sh- the salespeople sit in their cubicles, look at me as if I had to go to them. And obviously I got agitated and I walked out. As I walked out, one of them came running up to me and said, oh, 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 can we help you? I said, it's too late now, baby, it's too late now. I'm gonna go somewhere else and buy another car, another brand, and I'm never gonna come back and I'm never gonna buy buy this brand of car ever again in my life just because of your bad service delivery. Your bad service delivery will cost you. How many opportunities are missed? Because people think, Mora is noch a dach. Procrastination, a disease. Procrastination, thoughts in your mind with good intentions where you intend, I'm going to, but you never get going. Next year, next year comes, next year. Next, the year after that comes, next year. That's why New Year's resolutions mean absolutely nothing because 95% of people don't stick to their New Year's resolutions. It means nothing. Service delivery. People doing the minimum because they're getting a paycheck. It refers to the doing of minimum requirements of one's job and putting in more, no more time, clock watches. You know those people, I hope you're not one of them. You work an eight hour job and uh, you take your one hour lunch, but you stretch it to one and a half hours. You're stealing from your company and God can't bless that. You are, you should leave the office at five o'clock, but you leave the office at 10 to five. God can't bless that because you're not being a faithful individual. I'm not preaching for amens. I'm preaching for those who want to change the world. I'm preaching for those who will get ahead in life. Those who serve God in a righteous way with integrity when nobody is watching. Say enough of amen. Because I'm here to help you and you better change. From tonight, you better change. If you're gonna be part of the problem solvers in South Africa. You should not be the problem in the company. You should be the problem solver in the company. When people talk about you, they should not talk about your underperformance. They should talk about your overperformance. They should not talk about your lack of contribution. They should talk about the excess of contributions. They should talk about you as the person they cannot afford to lose. Not as the person they wanna get rid of, 
But because policy is so strong in South Africa, you can fire nobody. You have to go through several disciplinary procedures and then you have to train the person in what he's trained already before you can get rid of him. I, I would rather go with a Donald Trump, not Donald Trump, um, but you're fired. You don't do the job, you're fired. You underperform, you're fired. Are you still here? Some of you are waiting for the politicians to, to liberate you. You've been liberated by Christ and in 30 years nothing has changed in your life. When are you going to wake up and take responsibility for your own life and stop blaming somebody else? Stop finding a reason for where you are and just wake up. Wake up to the fact that you are created in the image of God. Wake up to the fact that you have God's potential on the inside of you. Wake up to the fact that you have wisdom and knowledge on the inside of you. Wake up to the fact that you have Christ, the anointed one living on the inside of you. Wake up to the fact that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And stop looking for a reason to justify your failure, your apathy, your procrastination, your stagnation, and your lack of performance. Stop looking for that reason. Because while you look, brother, you ain't going anywhere. And the very political party you've put your trust in may not be there next year. Okay, yours are There we go. So I want to read it again. Quiet quitting. People work, but they have quiet, they're quiet quitters. Refers to doing the minimum requirements of, on one's job and putting in no more time, effort, or, here it is, enthusiasm than is absolutely necessary as such. So they're not an inspiration to anybody. They suck up the oxygen, they take the paycheck, and they add no value. As such, it is something of a misnomer, misnomer since the worker doesn't actually leave their position, they occupy a position of somebody else that can do a much greater job, but they continue to earn a salary. In 2022, Gallup survey in America suggests that at least half of the US workforce consists of quiet quitters. They are there, but they're not there. The lights are not on. The commitment is not there. The enthusiasm is not there. They are just going through the motion. Well, if you're gonna build anything great, you need great people. You need people who have a culture of self-discipline. You need people that will respect themselves, respect the job and uh, fill the empty spaces. So listen, listen South Africa, young person, with all the quiet quitters in our world today, and in South Africa, it's worse. You go anywhere, you see people think they do you a favor to offer a service. You go to a restaurant, you know, if somebody doesn't serve me within two minutes, I get up and walk out of that restaurant, even though I booked the table. You drag your feet to serve me, I am getting up and walking out of that restaurant. And if you serve me with a bad attitude, I will give you half the tip I intended to give you. It's like sometimes people serve you in a restaurant and I want to say to them, you're doing the wrong thing. This is not your gift, not your grace. Because you're moody. You serve me like you're doing me a favor. You're not doing me a favor. This is your job, man. Do it well. Do it with dignity. 
Wees flink, wees beleefd, wees fliks, wees vannacht, wees bedachtzaam. Voordat my glas leeg is, vul om die volgende water. Like they do in America. Amen? So with all the quiet quitters, CRC, it should be easier than ever to be the standout person in your company and in that space, except if you are controlled by a victim mindset. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who were taken into Babylon in exile. They were taken as slaves, but they never allowed a slave mentality to enter their minds. So they shone where they were. And they occupied spaces, listen, that was never intended for them. So I don't care what these people do with uh, legislation and say, you're too white to get the job. Listen, if you're good enough, you are going to get the job. They're going to say, we want to employ that whitey. They can't say you are too young. If you are good enough, you're going to get the job. They can't say you are too black. If you're good enough, you're going to get the job. Come on. Oh, say amen in Jesus' name. People will change their policies to accommodate you because there's always the exception. There's the rule, then there's the exception. And you better make sure that you are the exception. And not conform to the policies and the legislation that says you can't get the job. Well, they said to Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, you can't get the job. You're going to be a slave. But they said, we're going to get the job. As a matter of fact, we're going to be better. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be so good that you will not be able to ignore me in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to rise to the top because I have God on the inside of me. I have the seed of greatness on the inside of me. So if you underrate yourself, you will undermine yourself. If you undermine yourself, you will live a life of inferiority. People will see it on you and nobody is going to support you or promote you. So your self-belief becomes critical, but your self-belief is rooted in your self-discipline, in taking yourself serious, setting serious goals and accomplishing your goals so that you can become a person that is confident. When you say, I'm going to do this, people should be able to bank on it because that's your word. You're as good as your word. You work for that company, you say, boss, I will sort out the problem. You better sort the problem out. You tell that person, I'm going to increase my sales with 20%. You better increase those sales with 20% because you are as good as your word. Pastor, you say, I'm going to buy the land by the end of the year. You better buy the land. You are as good as your word. Amen. You volunteer as a musician. You're there today, gone tomorrow. You're as good as your word. And that will filter through every area of your life. You, you, you disregard or disrespect your word in an area of your life, it's going to filter through to every area of your life. The Bible says, even when you make a commitment or you swear to your own hurt, you keep your vow, you keep your commitment. You don't say, oh, I didn't mean that. Once you open your mouth and you commit, even if it's to your own hurt, the Bible says, you keep your word. Mm. So Daniel chapter 1, let's, let's talk about how to be that person that this country needs right now. How to be the person that our church needs. How to be the person that I will tolerate on my staff. Nobody else will be. 
So Daniel chapter 1 verse 7 in the Bible says, As for these four young men, how many young people here tonight? Lift your hands. Say, whoop. You're right, my brother. If you're under 85, you're young. Actually, Bible says under 60, you're young. And then grandma, ach, wat is grandpa? Wat was het gewees, hy poeier, wat jylle mens al drink op 45? Wat sy nolses was die Solusia 45? 45 years nog nat achter die oore, asjeblief, man. Wat sy goed? Ja, Solusia 45. 45. My word, 45, you just figure out who you are. So he says, the Bible says, as for these four young men, God gave them. God gave them. God's the difference. When you walk seriously with God, things are going to change in you, for you, and through you. The level that you serve God on will determine the level you will live life at. A lot of talkers. But when you walk with God and you, and you see God privately, God says, I will reward you publicly. So people say, I try, I try, I try, and I fail. Impossible. You may fail once, but you can't continually fail if you walk with God. It is not possible. You have a form of godliness. If, you're, if nothing ever works, I suggest you find God. Because God is the one who gives knowledge, wisdom, skill, understanding. We're going to talk about that in a moment. In all visions and dreams, now at the end of the days when king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And remember these people were made eunuchs. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. They were made sterile. The enemy tried to take their productivity away from them, like political systems do, oppressive relationships do. But no matter what, they took away from them in the natural, they could not take away their relationship. So even though in the natural they could not produce, they entered the supernatural, and that was a relationship with God, that even if I have nothing going for me in the natural, I have God, and with God I will do supernatural things. Even if I don't have an education, even if I don't have money, even if there's nobody that votes for me, one believer in God make a majority, I am going to be a productive individual and I'm going to occupy the empty spaces. So nobody can be a victim. I don't have an education. Well, there are many people that are very wealthy today that had no education. I don't have a degree. There are enough people that have degrees that amount to nothing. I'm not saying don't get an education, get an education. But you need more than an education. You need common sense, you need wisdom, you need knowledge, you need understanding. You need to plug, be plugged into the source of wisdom. And when you are plugged into the source of wisdom, you will be energetic, you will be forceful, you will be passionate, you will have vision, you will be productive, you will move forward if you are plugged in to the source of wisdom because God is a mover. God's not a camper. I mean, I laugh sometimes when, when people talk about John chapter 15 and they, and, and they talk about, well, you just abide in God and it's God's responsibility to produce the fruit. No, you are totally wrong. 
God is the source of life, brother, but you are going to produce the fruit. You are going to put in the hard yards. You are going to get off your backside. You are going to get the degree. You are going to dig the hole, uh, the ditch. You are going to do the possible. Then God will do the impossible. God's not going to grow your church. God's not going to grow your business. God is not going to come and, and, and cause things just to happen while you sit around idly. It doesn't work like that. So uh, it's, it's such a fine line that, that, that people fall totally in, I just have to abide. Well, if you abide, you will be sharp, smart, you'll have energy, you'll, have res- you'll be resourceful, you'll be creative, you'll have, un- have unction, my word, unction in your gumption, and, and, and you will, you, you will want to get up and go. Because nothing about God is stagnant, nothing. God's not a stagnant God. God is not a camper. Nothing about Jesus Christ was stagnant. Nothing about our lives can be stagnant. Nothing about our zones, our departments, our ministry, our churches can be stagnant. That doesn't glorify God. Thank you for the three amens. But it's the truth. So these people are tested and none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, Therefore they, therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better. The, 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 the fish on your letter head will not get you ahead in life. Being ten times better with your customer service. Ten times better with your skill. Ten times better with your contribution. Ten times better on the rugby field, soccer field, netball court will get you ahead. I, 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 I don't know where we get it from that if we follow God, we can just be mediocre. Nothing mediocre about God. God is an excellent God. And when we follow God, we will radiate God's excellence. God is a... Uh, a God full of faith. God is a creative God. So when we follow God, we will be filled with creativity. God is a problem solver. So when you follow God, you will solve problems. So what God are you following? You cannot be sterile if you are in a living, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. You can have visions, you can have dreams, you can have wisdom, you can have understanding, and God's going to activate you. God flicks your switch, God pushes your button, and you cannot be a sitter, because Jesus never sits with the sitters. Amen. He runs with the runners. He doesn't sit with those in the boat. He walks with those that are out there, in the deep, in the unknown, those who venture out, those who take a risk at the Word of God. Yes? Those who walk. The walk. Not those who talk. Easy to talk, but talk changes nothing. So when you change who you are, where you are, you will begin to glorify God. So listen, when, when, the, when, when, when the king has a dream and, and, and the people in the world could not solve the king's problem, I love this, Daniel steps up to the plate and he takes it upon himself, put, he puts his neck literally on the line, he goes to the king and he says, I will solve your problem. They better get that. Because the future belongs to problem solvers. 
I'm going to say it again. The future belongs to problem solvers. The people that can solve the electricity problem, the service delivery problem, the energy problem, the food problem, the people that can find new ways and new methods. And that's what the Bible says. Wisdom gives you ideas, gives you, uh, uh, ideas of, of, of witty inventions. So, 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 we can't be the same old, same old, same old, same old, so pray the same prayers and nothing changes. Please, my brother, at least change your hairstyle or change your dress. You're still dressing like uh, 30 years ago. Asseblief toch, man, gaan brand toch nou die vrystaatse rugby broek, man. Jy kan nie eens meer in onpas nie, asseblief toch nou. Jy daar gespeel 30 jaar terug, jy speel nie meer vir die vrystaat nie. Jy speel nie meer vir Shemlas of vir die tiks nie. Gooi die broek weg, man, sies, man. Die lewe in die dag van gister, jou glorie van gister. Get with the times. Get with now. And become what this world is looking for. The problem solver. So Daniel goes to the king, because it's a huge deal. The king is unhappy, that means everybody's going to be unhappy. And all the East magicians, astrologers, the best he has, will all be killed. And so will Daniel be killed because Daniel says, I'm going to solve your problem. Now get this. He volunteers to solve the problem. If you work in a company, you need to be the volunteer. You need to be the problem solver, the value adder, the chief contributor, because that's the person that will progress and move ahead in life. That's how God designed you to be. So Daniel assures the king that he will solve his problem And then watch how Daniel prays. Daniel 2 verse 16. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. I tell my staff all the time, don't tell me what I know, tell me what I don't know. Please, please, please don't tell me what I know, tell me what I don't know. Don't bring me an answer that I have. Because I brought you to the table to tell me what I don't know. And to do what I don't have the time to do. It's my deep pastor. It's by your deep. It's by deep. It's my deep. I'm going to my best to prepare. I'm going my best to give. Swim, Yanni, swim. Yanni will not swim. Nie. Swim, Yanni, swim. Yanni will not swim. Nie. Swim, Yanni, swim. Yanni will not swim. Nie. This time we are sit by a kid as we are going to You see the potential. You will have to swim. But Halle will not swim. Nie. Swim, Yanni, swim. Swim, Yanni, swim. Yanni, you can swim. Swim, Yanni, swim. Yanni will not swim. Then you go. Sit, Yanni, sit. Sit, Yanni, sit. Tick, Yanni, tick. Okay. Hey, we love you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, God loves you. God's got great plans for your life, a great future. Your best days are ahead of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, make Jesus the center of your life. There is simply no other way. You have to abide in Him. He's the source of wisdom, the source of knowledge, and let His wisdom become practical in your life so that people can see you are the one in Jesus. And God bless you. Come and give them a hand. Hallelujah. Hulle sê, jy kan een perd naar die water toe bring, maar jy kan hem nie maak drink nie. Nou, dit is die selle met mense wat jy aanstel. Forrest Gump said, I was born to run. Then Forrest, run. 
What were you born for? What are you excellent at? What are you brilliant at? What problems are you solving in your world? What are people saying around you? What are you waiting for? Better days and more pace. It's not going to happen until you just wake up and become a value adder. A value adder. Value mart. Value adder. Value adder. What value are you adding? I mean, when you marry, you're not there for the wife to add value to you. You are there to add value to her. I always ask people, why are you going to marry? Why do you, why do you want to marry that girl? Oh no, she's perfect for me. She's what I've been looking for. She loves me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She loves me. Oh, she dotes on me. Oh, she makes me want to jump. She makes me my heartbeat. No, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. You don't marry for what she can do for you. You marry because she's the one, the only one, the one that you see as the one that you can love for the rest of your life. You don't marry because what she can do. You don't marry out of need, my brother and my sister. You marry because she's the one. She's the one that you can give yourself to. She's the one that you can love. He's the one that you can respect. He's the one that you can admire. He's the one that you can praise. He's the one that you can defer to. He's the one that you can say, my hero, my Tarzan, my whatever. He's the one. Not because he can take care of me. You're not marrying a sugar daddy. I know your mother will tell you, you better marry somebody who's got a lot of money. Well, you better marry somebody that's going somewhere. And, and, I, and, I, and by that, I'm not just talking to the, to, the, to the girls, I'm talking to the guys as well. You marry a girl that doesn't just want to sit and look pretty. Hopefully she's pretty, but you don't just marry her because she's going to be pretty. You don't want an empty shell that just is pretty on the outside, but 10 years later, there's no brain that's functioning. Because all those things that you think are important now, 10 years from now, if you say to her, she had a busy day and blah, blah, and she say, huh? And you're trying to talk about world events and, and, and you know, because, you know, marriages get boring because people don't have any outside interest. They just talk, Bryflies, rugby and golf. Bryflies, rugby and golf. Praise God, man. I could know the whole day rugby gekyk and I could cricket gekyk and I could elke sportkanal gekyk. And now tell you, vrou, she is not interested in her stupid good what us as men are interested in. So, so, so you need to be able to talk about other things. I tell my son-in-laws and my daughters and my daughter-in-law, I said you need to have a worldview. You can't be beige and bland and boring and have the same conversation. How was your day today? Um, at, I, I was at work, you know what I do. I've been at work every day for the last 20 years and I've been doing the same thing and there's really not much to say. I'm an attorney, I saw a client and I saw another client and I saw another client 
and uh, I saw another client. And how was your day? Oh, um, oh, the kids are driving me crazy. And, uh, and I saw Sue, and uh, Sue, her husband is driving her crazy. And uh, excuse me, there's a gap. So please, girls, grow with your husbands. Amen. Come on, say amen. Stay sharp, stay smart. Even if you look after the children, don't become a boring housewife. Don't become a, a, a housewife of the east of Pretoria, please. Oh, what did I say now? Where did that come from? My word. Kijk, sy mag miskien een poppie wees, maar mag sy nie een leerdoppie wees. Just smile, because I'm not talking to any of you, because you can be pretty and intelligent, you can be pretty and resourceful, you can be pretty and, 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 and rule and be a leader, etc., etc. But don't sit in university and your goal is to find somebody that you can get married. How short-sighted are you? You're just looking for a husband. My, my, my. I'm just at university. Oh, I'm going to doctor throw. Or no better, a rugby spieler. And then the novelty wears off. The doctor's on call. And you start sipping gin with the other women here in the east of Pretoria in your teapots. And you become a busybody. Okay, let's move on. Okay? Don't be like that, young people. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Amen. So David goes in and he asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. And Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Ananiah, Michelle and Azariah. Thank God for friends, godly friends. Say amen. That they may seek the mercies of, from God of heaven concerning the secret. So Daniel and his companions might not perish. Because now Daniel, as I said, put his neck on the line. When you work for a company, you, you, you must be willing to put your neck on the line. And you put your neck on the line by giving a commitment to those who employ you to say, I will do this by such and such a time. You don't renege from that. You don't back down from that, even if you don't sleep for a month. When you open your mouth and you make a commitment to solve the problem, you better solve the problem or you'll be blacklisted. We all have a list in our minds, unfortunately, if we employ people. We know who those are that are productive. We know those who play games. We know those who are serious about their commitments and we know those who are not serious about their commitments. Therefore, when we need things done, we go to the go-to people. We give the busy, productive people more responsibility because we know they'll get the job done. Because they did it before, they'll do it again. Every company knows who their go-to people are. Are you one of the go-to people? Or are you sucking up the oxygen as a quiet quitter? So that they might seek mercies from God, they pray. 
Now thank God the secret was revealed to Daniel. Amos 3 verse 7, the Bible says, The Lord God does nothing unless He first reveals His secret to His servants, the prophets. So when you see God, God's going to show you what to do. Now remember, Daniel didn't have a clue how to solve the problem. But he made himself available. I love that. He's a bold man like David. He doesn't know how he's going to kill Goliath. But he said, your servant will go and I will defeat the, 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 the giant. Come on. He's the man that God says, I'm going to back him. Because he doesn't shy away from a challenge. He steps up to the plate. He's going to slay that Goliath. He didn't know how. So Saul says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to put armor on you. I'm going to give you my sword. He says, no, I can't use these things. It's too heavy. So he uses what he has and he solves a whole nation's problem. You better know what you have. You better pride yourself in what you have. And you better use what you have to bring the Goliaths and the giants down in your generation. And you will never lack for promotion. You will never lack for favor. You will never lack for a job in Jesus' name. I, I, I sat with my pastor the other day, uh, Pastor Ray McCauley, because I do go for counsel as well, but I don't counsel with my peers and I don't counsel with, uh, with people that haven't done uh, certain things in life because a lot of people have ideas but uh, I counsel with somebody that's done more than me. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. And somebody that's older than me. And uh, I spoke to him about something because I always do when God talks to me, I'll always go to my leader. And I've gone to a few of them. And he said to me, ah, this thing is right. You've got to do it. He says, not only do you have the faith, but you have the guts. Uh-huh. He says, when you make up your mind to do it, you're going to do it. Because I've watched you. You have the faith, but more than faith, you have the guts. You have the courage and you have the determination. Now, I'm not saying that to blow my trumpet. I'm saying that because it's easy to say something. But when you say something, you have to display courage. You have to display determination. You have to display come hell or high water. I gave my word. I said, God said, therefore you knuckle down and you display guts and you get the job done. If you say, I'm going to move that camera from there to there by tomorrow morning, that camera better be moved by tomorrow morning. Or you, your, word mean, your word means nothing. I mean, when, when Israel was about to enter the promised land, remember, uh, 12, 10 leaders were cynical, negative. You listen to people about South Africa, the future of South Africa. I'm not one of those naysayers. I believe our best days are ahead. I believe we are a land filled with opportunity. We have milk and honey. They are giants, but we were born. And we need the attitude that says, let us go up at once and possess the land for we are well able in Jesus' name. I don't know how we are going to defeat the giants, but we are going to face them. And as we face them, God's going to make us resourceful. God's going to give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom and the knowledge. But we just better show up and make ourselves available. Get step up on the battleground, salute the general, King Jesus, and say, I'm going to solve your problem. I'm going to grow the zone in Pretoria. I'm going to grow the church in Cape Town. I'm going to grow and stop making excuses because God cannot work with sterile, domesticated, stagnant people. God works with people that are full on committed to the cause of Christ. Are you listening to me? So you make up your mind to get that degree even if you, you don't get a, a, a grant from the government, get the degree. Go get a waiter's job, get two waiter's jobs, do whatever it takes, get it done. 
But don't sit there and become part of the peanut gallery that complains. Don't say I cannot because nobody paid for me. You don't need money. You need guts. You need commitment. You need determination. You need discipline. You need sacrifice. No matter what it takes, I'm going to get this done. As many sitting here today had to have two jobs and put themselves through university, etc. Because they were just different. Didn't wait for anybody to do anything for them. If nobody's going to roll the stone out of the way, you get a stick when you're not strong enough and you work it, work it, work it until the stone moves. But you're not going to back off and display your weak character. I mean, people look at us today, we have large churches and things like that, but it didn't start like that. It started with six people in Lady Brain. I worked my backside off. I had to work every week just to win one member. I, when we built the first building, I went and, and got the sand with a shovel and a, a five-ton truck and loaded that five-ton truck myself with a shovel at, in Lesotho Riverbed and filled that because there wasn't money, but I was going to build the church. Come hell or high water, I was going to build the church. I dug the foundations with a few people myself. I poured the concrete myself. I laid bricks myself. I learned everything about buildings myself because I made up my mind. I was going to build that building for the glory of God. That beautiful thatched building, those 13-foot tar poles, I went and I bought them from Eskom in those days, okay? Uh, I bought a few in Bethlehem, a few in Grinstad, all over South Africa, I got them. And then with a block and a tackle, it owns die parlor opgetrek. And we built a building that's still standing today. 30 something years later, that building is still standing today. But we did it with BP. Do you know what that is? I won't say it because it's going to offend somebody. It's not a bad word, it just is a word that some of you don't like, so I won't say it. So you can go Google it. It's a petrol company. So Daniel puts his neck on the line. I'm almost finished in another half an hour. No, don't worry. I'll finish when I want to finish. Because I'm helping somebody and I'm tired of people that listen to truth and don't change. And then when you ask them, why aren't you moving? They look at you like a basset hound and you have to feel sorry for them. And they've got this sad, sorry story. And now they whine, their wife whines, everybody whines around them. You better take yourself serious. You better take your word serious. And you better not look for a cop-out. Huh? Are you enjoying this? Yeah, it's bitter medicine. That's right. But this cruisomatic, cruisomatic 
sterile Christianity is not what our country needs right now. The people always tell me this and I tell my HR and everybody else, but they're trying their best. I say the best is not good enough. They shouldn't be trying, they should be doing. Nowhere does the Bible say try, the Bible says do. But they say, as hy harkie oprecht was, het hy die antwoorde gekry en hy het werk en gesit en hy het gedoen wat hy gesê het, hy gaan doen. Nie my praat van harkie wat reg is nie. Jesus didn't go halfway to the cross. He went all the way. And it cost him everything. I said it cost him everything. And you better get serious about your life because it's going to cost you everything if you're going to produce the, 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 the fruit that God called you to produce. Fifty thousand rand for the person that brings the person who steals the camera. Fifty thousand. I'm not going to play with criminals. You come here lawless. You come here to exploit us. Leicester, Leicester, forget a plaque. Wrong place. You've messed with the wrong people right now. You better go tell your friends that are climbing on buses and people that come here to try and steal and, and, and exploit certain things here. Wrong place. I dealt with criminals in Bloemfontein many years ago. I dealt with them in two weeks. Two weeks they disappeared. So it's a wrong place. Wrong place. Be warned. Come here with your, your, your evil intention. God's going to point you out. We're going to deal with you. We're not going to play with you. Listen to me very carefully. Wrong place, man. Wrong place. You've chosen the wrong place. Let me tell you. So Daniel, the secret is revealed to Daniel in the night vision. You know, here's the difficult thing when you are serious with God. When God talks to you and you know it, you become responsible and you don't look for a way out. That's a huge deal. Because we forget what God tells us because the price that is required after God talks to us. There's a high road, there's a low road. So when you are going to fulfill what God placed you on this earth for, it's going to cost you. Comfort, convenience, mediocrity, it's going to cost you. I, 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 I get amazed when I hear people uh, share their goals and underperform and I see how they just stroll through life as if it doesn't matter. You better change that very, very, very quickly. Because once you say that, you are bound to what you said. Like Daniel made a commitment. He started in that company and he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work here for 10 years. After three months, you're gone. Huh? You, you're as good as your word. You make a commitment. You stand and fall by the words that come out of your mouth. Listen, please. Don't put people under false illusion to get the job. Be honest. Walk in integrity and become the problem solver. Don't jump from company to company because God will put you in a company and when you become the problem solver, the value adder, then progress will happen automatically. And yes, there will be times that God will move you. God will promote you in different ways, but you can never not be a person of your word. And you can never be a person that makes excuses for underperformance. 
Now the amens are getting quiet. I actually don't care. Because if there's one person that's going to change the world, he's going to listen to me tonight. Because everybody wants what everybody else, what they see other people have, but they don't want to put in the put in the price. They don't want to put in the hard yards. They want the lifestyle, but they don't know what it costs to get the lifestyle. They want the church, but they don't know what price it is to have the church. They just want to show up, sing a song, look important. Huh? Your world is your measure. So the secret is revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Listen to what he says. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are His. So with wisdom comes might. The ability to do. Not by might or power, but by the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual might and energy. So Daniel blessed God. And he... He says he changes the times and seasons. Now listen, South Africa. He removes kings and raises up kings. God will decide the outcome of the election next year. I said God will decide the outcome of the election next year. As long as we all go and vote. He gives wisdom to the wise. Knowledge to those who have understanding. Knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with Him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the King's demand. Now, this is huge because Daniel puts his hand up, but then Daniel runs to God. I'm going to be the problem solver. And remember, the problem is a practical problem. So your, 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 your spiritual relationship has to reflect in your practical life. Not you've got your head in the clouds and you prophesy and shandai, hundai, tie my bow tie, and nothing changes in your, in your natural world. Your relationship with God has to reflect in your physical world. That means fruit that remains. Fruit that multiplies. Fruit that you can see progress, multiplication, fruitfulness. Because that's who you are. When God created you, He blessed you. He said, be fruitful, be multiplied. Now don't look for reasons not to be fruitful. God empowered you. God blessed you to be fruitful and to multiply. God empowered you to occupy. And the longer you wait, the more difficult it becomes. And the longer you wait, after the more difficult it becomes, the less likely it will be. Because your procrastination is stopping the process of God in your life. So simply the future belongs to the problem solvers in our world. The electricity crisis. Yes, it's a crisis, but there are opportunities within the crisis. Food, water, jobs, infrastructure. Yes, they are challenges, but there are those who have a proactive mindset that will find the solutions. Because that's who we are. Say amen. That's who we are. We don't roll over. We don't give up. We don't put a white handkerchief up there. 
we become stronger, more determined. We're digging deeper into God and we find the solutions and we become the people that God called us to be to get the job done, to solve the country's problems, to solve the company's problems in Jesus' name. So how will we do this? Through God's divine wisdom and guidance. So it's our time to arise and shine to refuse to become part of the quiet quitters, which some of you have been for quite a while, dead, average, taking over, boring, beige, bland, underachievers. Every Christian should be an overachiever. Underachievement is not part of God's character. He did not form half a universe. He created the whole universe. He did not create anything imperfect. Whatever God touched produces life. What your hands touch should produce life, increase and multiplication if you are connected to the source who is Jesus Christ. So you should be the problem solver. Listen, I'm going to close. You should be the possibility thinker. You should be the opportunity finder. You should be the value adder in that space where you are employed. Laban, working for Laban, your uncle cheating you, you should be the Jacob that brings blessing to Jacob, to Laban's house. I mean, even Laban had to acknowledge, he says, I'm more blessed since you've worked here. Can your boss say the same? Can your boss say since the day Jill, Sue, Tabu has worked here, our company is better? Why are you all quiet? Because when you are employed, you, your positive impact should be felt. Otherwise, why are you being employed? Nobody employs you to pay you a salary. People employ you so that you can bring value to the company. No company is looking to employ people. Companies want to expand. So they employ people that will help them expand. Otherwise, they lose their profits. It's not rocket science, right? Are you comfortable with this? I hope not. Because we're going to have to change, right? To be the problem solvers that our world needs. We're going to have to get out of this coma. Out of this vacuum. Out of waiting for what? We have to be the Daniels of our generation. And so I'm going to solve the problem. Give it to me. If everybody else doesn't put their hand up, you put your hand up. You volunteer. You be the best in that temp job, you'll get the permanent job. You'll be the best as that waiter. Somebody will employ you. I, I used to play golf at Woodhill and the caddy that, uh, that always um, caddied for me, um, I, he had the greatest attitude. I said, you keep this attitude, one day somebody's gonna come and employ you. And it happened. Somebody employed him into a brilliant job. You know why? Because he, he wasn't like every other caddy. Be uh, 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 defined by circumstances. Because people come there, they hardly pay the caddies any tip. They mistreat these people, especially young white people. They come there as if they're entitled and then it's a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old caddying for them and you see this arrogant little 25-year-old treat that 55-year-old um, uh, man with disdain. Sis on you. God watches that. And if that's your attitude, God will not bless you. You skip your halfway way, Wells, but that could have been your dad. You give him a good tip. You put dignity and honor upon him in the name of Jesus Christ. 
He doesn't belong to you and you don't act rude. People have played golf with me and I've chased him off the golf course. Some people because they treat the caddy with disrespect. I said, you won't treat anybody like that in my presence. Tamaya, dan sit wit mense. Sê ek vir jou arrogantie, gaan nie saan my werk nie. Jy het geen respect vir mense nie. Jy praat af op jou caddy. Wie dit ding is, denk jy, is jy. Jou wit arrogantie, gaan nie werk nie. Daai kon jou pa gewees het, man. Wat het insink. So you should be the Joseph in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house should be blessed because of you. Say amen. Don't be the quiet quitter in your company. It's the spirit of excellence. It's their sharpness, their willingness to solve the problems that the king faced that brought them into favor with the king. God was with them. God gave them wisdom. But more than that, they solved the problem. And because they solved the problem, they found favor. You cannot not be a problem solver as a Christian because you have the source of wisdom on the inside of you. You cannot be the person who does not know. You cannot be the sterile person. You cannot be the underachiever walking with God. It's not possible. You cannot have the bad attitude in that business. I know when it's this quiet, people are listening. You cannot be the victim-minded person or the entitled-minded person. Somebody owes me. Who's that person? Who? Jan van Driebeek, what's called to you? What's called Jan van Driebeek you? What's called to you? Huh? Wie skuld jou wat? Please, I'm taking time here because we don't think about these things. Somebody owes me what? Oh, I'm employed, but I don't know what to do. How long have you worked there? Five years. And you still don't know what to do. How did you keep your job for five years? You know, this relationship with Jesus, we can, we can get so spiritual and so goofy that it never materializes in, in the world that we find ourselves in. And actually, our faith is to change this natural world. Our walk with God is to influence this natural world. And the way we bring God glory. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I ordained you that you should go and you should go and you should bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. So to say to people, all you have to do is abide and everything is going to happen is, 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 is half a truth. You abide to receive strength, wisdom, sustenance, energy, faith, vision. But then it's up to you to take what you received through faith in God, God's determination, and to fulfill what God told you to fulfill. And God will sustain you, but you still have to walk it out in faith. I mean, I'll close with this. In Luke chapter 5, remember, Peter toils all night. He courts and catches nothing. We know Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord build the house, the labor in vain. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchmen rise in vain. So nothing is going to happen without God. John chapter 15, Jesus said, um, 
Except you abide in me, you can do nothing. We understand that. We understand all of that. But if you abide in God, you are going to do a lot because God's going to fill you up. God's going to fill you with vision. God's going to fill you with energy. God's going to fill you with spiritual force. God's going to fill you with knowledge. God's going to fill you with wisdom. You cannot stay passive if you abide in God and then have the cop out. All I have to do is abide. What does that mean? So he says, if you abide in God, you will bring forth much fruit for the glory of God. So you still have to go win the soul. You still have to make the disciple. You still have to lay hands on the sick. You still have to go see the client. You still have to do the possible. Then God does the impossible. Otherwise, we can all sit in our rusty, dusty, blessed assurance and we can pray, pray, pray and say, Lord, save the whole world. The world's not going to get saved. How will they hear without a preacher? Somebody has to do something for something to happen. There has to be a cause for there to be an, there has to be an action for there to be an effect. An action for a reaction. Nothing just happens. No change happens without somebody putting up their hand, like Isaiah, who said, Here I am, Lord, I will do it. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, Lord, use me. You be that person, come on. That, that You be that go-to person. You be that standout person. Come on, man, in the name of Jesus Christ. You have a mind change tonight to be the best version of yourself, to be everything God says you can be and more in Jesus' name. So Peter toils all night, he catches nothing. He plugs into the source of wisdom, Jesus Christ, who says to him, launch out back into the deep and lay down your net. So Peter, the nets were clean, the nets were no longer in the boat. Jesus says, uh, launch out in the deep and there'll be a great catch. So um, the abiding thing is he receives a word of wisdom from God. Now he has to take the nets, put it back in the boat. Effort. He has to row back into the lake. Effort. He has to lower the nets. Effort. He has to pull out the nets. Effort. He has to row back to the shore. Effort. He has to clean the fish. Effort. On one instruction, there are six to seven actions, deliberate actions that followed for the plan and the purpose of God to be fulfilled. So there's a God side, there's a man's side. So when God says, like, for argument's sake, this building in Pretoria, God said, build a building. That's it. Now the bricks didn't just appear and every day I come and I pray, Rabba Saraba Ramaya Sukayaki Yakaha Monda Kabasaki Hayabusa Ali Davidson. And every day I came here and say, Woo, look what the Lord has done. Hey, look what the Lord has done. Hey. And I see the foundations dug. And the next day, I Suzuki, Honda, Yamaha, Ducati. And then um, the walls were built. And I come back again. Never, 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 never. God gave a word and then we had to believe it. And then we had to do it through much tribulation, trial, through much determination, deliberate action, planning, building, sweating, fretting, tossing, turning, wondering where's the money gonna come from? 
Yes, my brother and my sister, when God calls you, it's not going to be an easy journey. Your walk with God is easy, but going into the high places, venturing into the deep is going to cost you all your energy, your grit, your determination, your spine. That's why so few people summit Mount Everest because they all just want to be out for a stroll. They all just want to be a social walker on a Saturday. But those who will scale Mount Everest, they are a different breed of people. They have a different temperament, a different determination. They display guts when nobody else is displaying guts. They are willing to go when nobody else is willing to go. And they are the history makers. In the name of Jesus Christ, you make up your mind to be that person. The person who knows his God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. You make up your mind to put your victim mind set aside, to put your excuses aside, to put all the lacks that you have celebrated aside and you make up your mind, I'm anointed, I'm appointed, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then you put into practice what you believe with sheer grit and determination when there are no feelings because it's nice to pray and we feel God's presence, right? But when you get out there in the marketplace, you don't feel like praying, do you? Take your seat. You know, we, when we built this building and my brother could no longer be functional and then I, because I'm an absolute detailed person and everything should be excellent, I don't want to scratch tile or anything. And for three months, I, because the finishing is always the difficult part and I have zero tolerance for people that do not do things in absolute excellence etc. So I was here every day. And every day I fought with people. In Lady Brandy was like that. I would go there after they were there and I would put a big cross on the wall and if the cement was still wet, I pushed the whole wall over. I said, redo. And with this building, it was exactly the same. Eventually, Dr. Louis came to me and said, hey, pastor, jy is die pastor. Sê, maar Louis, niemand anders doen dit nie. Want ouwens loop en hulle sien niks raak nie. They don't see anything. Huh? So, 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 in, in our setting as churches and as pastors, people aren't growing these zones and reaching the lost, etc. I'm saying, what are you seeing? Jesus said, lift up your eyes and see the fields. They're white for harvest. Why are you, why are you not reaching people? What's up, Pussycat? What's up? What's up? It's like the shoe salesman that came to Africa. Nobody was wearing shoes. And he went back to England. He said, I can't sell any shoes. Nobody's wearing shoes. And they sent another salesman. And he sent a message back. He said, send shoes, send shoes. Nobody's wearing shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Daar is een legio geleentede recht rondom jou. Woordelijkhede. For you. So many opportunities for all of you. The sky's the limit. But what's happening between these two years of yours is everything. This that nobody can see. The thoughts. And what's happening in your heart. And then if you're the one that takes yourself serious, you're the committed one. You will meet your goal 
even if you do not sleep because you take yourself serious. You will not be a cop-outer, a bail-outer. Nobody can respect that. Amen. I'm not criticizing you. I'm telling you how life is. I'm telling you how it is. You can pray and pray and pray and pray, but if you're lazy, you're going nowhere. You can pray and pray and pray and pray, but if you don't grow a spine, you're going nowhere. You can pray and pray and pray and pray, and when the chips are down, you can blame somebody and play the little emotional card. That's what people do. Ah, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I've tried. No, you haven't tried. You've tried without God. Because God's not going to set you up for failure. I don't have what it takes. Why don't you get it? What's wrong with you? I use a little example. I knew nothing about what a plumb line is, what a truffle is, or next give it for next, next, next knee. I made up my mind I'm going to build a building. And I built a building. Medianda, the Yankees. Because I made up my mind. A made up mind is a powerful thing. People talk about, I'm gonna, but they haven't made up their minds because their level of commitment shows you. And, and then when the crunch is down, they pull the victim card. And, and that's not what our country needs. These politicians all wave the victim card. And now they play distracting politics. They blame people. Oh, the Afrikaners are building a university in Pretoria. So what, man? Why haven't you built universities? Los Afrikaners, Latala Universiteit Bo. Wees jy bezig met jou lewe, man. Bo jy goeders in Zuid-Afrika. Los hulle. Wat het het met jou uitlewa in elk geval? You messed up the university. Now they want to come with racial divide again. My word. Said it in Johannesburg and I think I've got myself in trouble. If you still vote for some people, you are part of the problem. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a color thing, but your past tells you about your future. If people ran things into the ground for the last 30 years, they're going to continue to run things into the ground for the next 30 years. You better wake up because your past tells you about the present. You want to employ somebody, look at their past. Their past tells you who they are and their past tells you whether they're going to do anything in your company. The past tells you about the future. Amen. Think, man. God gave you a brain. Use it. Use it. If you don't think for yourself, somebody else will think for you. If you don't control your mind, somebody else will control your mind. So you first decide who you are. You decide what is it that God called you to do. And then if you lack anything, you get what you need. But you don't sit there feeling sorry for yourself and justifying in your mind why you're not a problem solver, a value adder. You have Christ in you. You have an anointing. You have everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. You need to take yourself serious. That's the problem. Ons glo Janik kan swim. Your maaglo Janik kan swim. 
De dominee glo Jannie kan swem. Jou pastoor glo Jannie kan swem. Maar Jannie, Willy. So ons met Jannie se naam verander na Willy. 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 Oké, okay, jy naam Willy is. Verander jou naam asseblief. Gaan terug na Willem of Willem. 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 Maar nie Willy nie. Willy, Willy. Swim, ja nie swim. Ja nie wil nie swim nie. Swim, ja nie swim. Ja nie wil nie swim nie. Now nobody can help you. No one. No one. Because your will is weak. And it's your decision. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? God doesn't need you to fall on the ground snot en trane. Van jy het al gesnot en trane genoeg en niks het verander nie. Jy moet een besluit neem. Sorry for the Afrikaans. You need to make a decision. Oh, Jesus. Ah, ah. No. You need a slap. Anoint me. Why? Because you've done nothing with the anointing I've given you already. More anointing. No. You can do a lot without the glory is here. Yes, the glory is here. You can do a lot. Just by being you. Like people in the world who excel and grow their businesses and multiply without the anointing. And some of you have been anointed. You've done corporate time. You shut up, for hours a day, that's doing nothing. Nothing. What prayers are those? It's not changing you. Where's the power? Where's the fruit? Where's the go forward? Where's the force? Where's the change in your world? Oh, come on, man. Come on. You know what I'm saying is the truth. You may not like it, but you know it's the truth. Come on, Pretoria. Come on, Bloemfontein. Come on, Johannesburg. Step up to the plate. 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 Step up. Because I promise you, if you don't, somebody else will step up to the plate and they're going to take your job. They're going to take your position. They're going to take your post and you're going to talk about what could have been. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Uh, Sit down again, please. I learned long ago the kingdom of God is not about sentiment. When you look at Jesus and the disciples, He wasn't careful to offend their emotions. He offended them all the time. Called them unbelievers, doubters, rebuked them all the time because he was creating world shakers, history makers. Today you say something, I'm hurt. Oh my word. If you come from my generation and you went into the army and somebody said to you, um, you're roofdier. Oh, I feel hurt. Yes, a nomar. I feel hurt. I've lost my identity. Today you say something and a young person is like, oh, I'm offended. Ach, asseblief man. Gaan eet bykie millipap man. Kry bykie murg in jou bene weer man. 
Han herinner jou selv wie jy is man. Wees een man! Kry bekie BP. Ha? Jy sê geroep om hierdie. Wat moet ek nou sê? Emotionele gecompliceerde intellectuele dat ek daar stop mens te wees nie you are called to be who God created you to be and no matter what you face to take every excuse out of the way and to face your giants head on and if that mountain is big you better grow bigger Edmund Hillary, listen, the first time that he climbed and he failed to, to summit the mountain, he addressed the Oxford University and uh, the mount, a big picture of Mount Everest was behind him. And uh, his commencement address, he said many things, but then he turned back to that mountain. He said, Mount Everest, I'm going to uh, conquer you because you've grown all you are going to grow, but I am still growing. I'm going to grow bigger than my problem. I'm going to go stronger in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to grow. Oh, come on in Jesus' name. I'm going to grow bigger. I'm going to grow better. I'm going to go stronger. I'm going to grow wiser. I'm going to grow more determined, more resilient, more Christ-like. Come on in Jesus' name. Come on, this world needs big players. This world needs big players. This world needs movers and shakers. Come on, girl, you can be one of them. Your biology doesn't define you. You be that person. You be the problem solver. You be the Esther. Amen. 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 I, I spent a, t- a few weeks by myself, prayed a lot, thought about many things, and I realized how people just miss the plot in little things and how people spiritualize things and in spiritualizing things they miss what spirituality actually should produce and their lives are filled with excuses and um, procrastination and um, unproductivity and inactivity God's very simple He says go and you need to go Amen Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. In this place, Bloemendijk, Pretoria, um, Johannesburg, in Cape Town, Ports of Struem, Durban, Vintuk, Gabaroni, all our churches tonight. God loves you. I'm passionate about these things because I've seen people progress and people don't progress. And I, I believe God wants us all to progress. But progress will never be permanent outside of Christ. It's not possible. It's through finding Jesus Christ that you find yourself. There's no other way to get into contact with yourself, your true self and your true worth. A person can't give it to you. A relationship cannot give it to you. You'll find that in Him. And maybe you're sitting out tonight and you feel disconnected from God. I don't know. Maybe tonight you are floundering around. Maybe you have no relationship with God. Maybe you serve Jesus, but you've grown cold. I don't know. Maybe you sit here tonight, you say, Pastor, I've not been consistent in my walk with God, but tonight I want to change it. I want to get right with God. I want to get back to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. 
there's no better time than now for you to look into your heart and ask yourself, where am I at? You can't run with a crowd and expect to summit the mountain. You have to live for God and you have to follow Christ. And it starts with surrendering your life to Jesus. And I want to pray for you tonight. I want to help you find your way back to God. Because that's the beginning and the end of everything. Your relationship with Jesus Christ. So while every head is bowed, every eye closed, people praying in all our churches tonight, you say, that's me. I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning with God. I want to get back with God. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. All over this place, lift it up. Quick, quick, quick. All over this place, raise it up. God bless you, bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Up, 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 up. God bless you. 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 Raise it up. Now, there's a heaven to go and a hell to shun. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, many of you, tonight. He's the source of life. He's the source of wisdom. But I think we reduce God to, to nothing if we do not represent Him as He expects us to represent Him. He's not glorified by half a version of us. He's not glorified by underperformance. That nonsense must get out of your life very quickly. So all over this place, you've not yet raised your hand tonight. You say, that's me. I want to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Jy come on. You weet this guts, man. That is guts. Guts om jere te dien. Dit vat guts. Makkelijk om te party in die wereld. Makkelijk. Dit vat guts om jere te dien. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Pray this right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I surrender myself to you. Forgive me for all my sin, for everything I've done. Please forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. A heart that will hunger after you. I open my life to you. And I invite you, Jesus Christ, to take your rightful place. I confess with my mouth that you died for my sin. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And now I believe because of my faith in you. I am saved and I am forgiven and I receive this tonight in Jesus' name. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.